Good prayer. Teach me to listen. All right, all right. So um, today uh, we are, I'm, I'm, uh, as we shared, I'm doing a state of the church message. And I see that uh, there's a lot of people feel about the state of the church, kind of like sometimes I do when, you know, when we get uh, the state of the union. I just kind of go watch something else, but I should watch it. But anyway, anyway. Um, grab your Bibles and open up to uh, Ephesians chapter 5. So really want to take a little bit of time to talk about, you know, where we've been and, you know, what God's been doing and where we're going. And, that, and that's kind of the overview of this. Uh, you know, a little over four months ago, um, you know, as God was just kind of saying, okay, you know, getting our cheeks between his, uh, in his hands saying, hey, you know, pay attention, pay attention. Uh, we did a, a series called Following Jesus, and, it, and we looked at over a three-week period, you know, the six non-negotiables uh, as far as if you're a disciple of Christ, then you're going, this is what's happening. If you are truly a disciple of Christ, not if you are a so-called Christian or a, you know, profess that, but a true follower of His. And uh, it was challenging, sobering, and then um, came into September, which we had our 32nd birthday as a, as a church. And uh, it was there that we were reminded that, you know, uh, the, kind of the message that the Lord was giving us is that he is doing a new thing uh, and uh, that he, he wants us to be aware of that. And, you know, don't don't dwell in the past. And, and that's what our focus was as far as, um, uh, uh, you know, r really the fact that as we move forward, it's probably not going to look a whole lot like, you know, what's been going on in the past and um, get used to that. And uh, really, it was, a, it was just a, a, we felt an invitation of the Lord saying, I want you to spend some time in serious reflection, you know, and examination uh, as far as what it really means to be a follower of mine. And, uh, and then if there's stuff, if there's junk there, you know, get rid of it because Jesus is preparing his bride. You know, it's like the bride getting ready for this big celebration. We were, we were at, Felicia and I were at a, a wedding last night. It's a little bit chilly out there, but it didn't keep the, uh, the bride from just being all radiant and beautiful. And so that's what Jesus is doing right here, right now among us. And uh, so out of that, you know, we said, okay, let's, let's commit. Let's commit to a process, a, a, a serious journey of letting Jesus lead us and not just do what we've always done before uh, and, and, you know, not... Uh, be guided by what's going on with, you know, other churches or whatever the case is. Or, you know, we're not, you know, <clears throat> Jesus, uh, God is not a duplicator. He's a creator. So he's, he's not asked us to duplicate what we're seeing other folks. He's saying, I want to create in you a new heart, a clean heart. And uh, I want to make my bride beautiful. So it's uh, uh, kind of a cleanup time. And, and we just said we're going to show up and clean up. And then uh, we, we spent a little bit of uh, time uh, changing the format, uh, and uh, some of you uh, have just embraced that well. Others are, are still trying to get used to it, uh, but it allowed us not to hear what God wanted us to say, I mean, wanted us to hear, and then go process it and, and seek to apply it. Instead of having a lot of wonderful information saying, what do, you, what do you want us to know, and then what do you want us to do? Lord, help us do it. And so we, we really bounce off of each other in order to, to learn how to do that. Uh, and it was a, a series we called Exposed, where God is exposing, 
you know, uh, the reality of our lives. And in that, in that time, uh, it was just, uh, you know, a come to Jesus kind of time saying, there's a lot of living to please self. You know, I mean, it's just like what I think and what I do, and, and we compare it to others. And, you know, but it's just a, a self-life, pleasure, and all that kind of stuff. And, and God wants us to have fun. He wants us to have peace. He wants us to have hope. He wants us to have joy. Yes, yes, yes. But, but not at his expense. Because the, the prayer that he taught us to pray is, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You know, and so there's a way for those to mesh. You know, and um, so th- it was a it was a, it was a pretty intense process. Uh, and what's come to my mind is 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 the verse in Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen, uh, where God says, "You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart." So it, uh, this journey is not for the faint hearted. I mean, in other words, it's not a casual thing that like, hey, I got to, You know, again, I'm. I need a little God in my life, and I, you know, make sure I'm real rounded and all that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. This isn't. This isn't, you know, a half-hearted quest. Following Jesus is not. You know, it's all in. You know, it's uh, it's all in. And so, here's here's where 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 we are and what we're doing. And I think Ephesians chapter five kind of captures and summarizes a little bit of uh, not only where we've been, but also what where we're going and what we're going to seek God uh, um, to continue to do in our lives and, and in our church. So, Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to read verses 8 through 18. This is God's word for us, so read along uh, here. For Paul says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light. Now, you know, he's talking to the church, the believers there. He said, he didn't say, you were once in darkness, he says, no, you were once darkness, and now you are light in the Lord. So live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. This is God's word for us. Let's go to him in prayer. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for this opportunity for us to to come and gather here uh, and just sit at your feet, Lord Jesus. We pray that as a result of the day, of this day, that we would encounter you. And we know that apart from you, we can do nothing. Holy Spirit, I pray that you uh, would truly fill me and that the words of my mouth and the meditation of, of my heart would be pleasing to you for our good and for your glory, for we make it our prayer in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so these are just kind of good uh, reminders, and so you kind of hit the high points here, some things that just stand out in this particular passage. Number one, it says, find out what pleases the Lord. 
He says, now that, now that you are a child of God, now that you are a follower of Christ, find out what pleases the Lord. And then he says, but catches my attention, wake up. So there's this, this exhortation, wake up. And we go, I, I'm not asleep. Uh, be careful then how you live. It says, be very careful how you live. Then it says, make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. We look and we, you know, here we are in the in the right here in the in the middle of this very, very divisive America that we live in now. He says, make the most of every opportunity, and then he says, don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. Instead, know what the Lord's will is. So you start right. There, find out. What pleases the Lord, know what the Lord's will is, and then and then he closes out by saying, Be filled with the Spirit. Um, I was sharing a little bit with Doug uh, real briefly yesterday that, um, you know, I, really a while back I was kind of reading through Revelation and, and, and especially looking at the, the letters to the churches, and then, you know, uh, this past week just kind of started at, 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 you know, Revelation 1. And, and quite honestly, Revelation is one of those things. I have preached some sermons on Revelation, but I, I, I you know, it, that's you know, like some of those festivals in the Old Testament, like maybe every ten years or so. I mean, cause Revelation. I mean, people fuss over that and fight them. They get all twisted up, and I believe this and this and this. And, and so I, I just like, ugh, there's so much symbolism in there. I don't know, but, but in 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 reading Revelation, it was like, here's this final act that God put right here for us in the Bible, and, and it starts off by saying, okay, now, now God, you know, Jesus sent this angel to John, the beloved, to, to, to help us to see what's going to happen, what's coming. See, most of our lives is lived and spent uh, in anticipation of what's coming and preparing for it, we, you know, what's coming. And so it's just hit me, like, this is, this is important stuff. Uh, you know, stuff that we, we need to know. And it really puts life in perspective, you know, uh, uh, as we allow God to do that and not, and not let the world tell us what's, you know, what's important and stuff like that. But chapter 1, I mean, it starts off with this. Chapter 1, here's John the Apostle. I mean, uh, John the Beloved, the Apostle. He sees Jesus. He sees Jesus. He experiences that. You know, and you and I say, man, you know, I'd love to see Jesus. I'd give him a big old hug because he's been so good to me. No, you wouldn't. John the Beloved, when he saw Jesus, it said his, his, his hair was white like wool and flowing, and his eyes were blazing with fire. fire. His feet were bronze as if in a furnace, and his tongue was a double-edged sword coming out. And it says when he sees him, what does it say? He fell down as though he was dead. He passed out. We're talking about Jesus, not the good old buddy. We're talking about the real Jesus. He experienced him in his glory, and he passed out as a dead man. It's, you know, it kind of gives us, you know, again, what we're dealing with here. It's not, you know, just little buddy, buddy, give me a little Jesus. No, no. We're talking about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. 
and then didn't didn't go to chapters two and three, and it's the letters to the churches that Jesus says, "Hey, John, I want you to write down what I have to say to the churches." Now, there's a, there's a lot that we see that that God uses His apostles, and He's there talking to the churches and all that. But here's Jesus saying, "These are the letters I want you to deliver to my churches." And, and you get in there and you start seeing these letters and he's saying, okay, you know, he starts off, he starts off with Ephesus and he's saying, I, I know you're working hard and all that kind of stuff, but, but I have this against you. You've lost your first love. And then he goes on, and then he goes on to, uh, to the church at Smyrna and he's going, I know you're having a tough time like that. And then Pergamon, and he goes, you know, you are compromising. You're just absorbing everything that's going on in the world, and you're not even, you don't even look like my church. And, and, and then he goes on to the church at Thyatira, and he's saying, you are to tolerating false teaching. You're embracing sexual immorality and all this kind of stuff. And then he keeps on going. He goes to the church at Sardis. He says, you know, you look alive. You've got a reputation of being alive. A lot of activity going on. But truly, really, you're dead. You are dead. And he goes on and on and on with these churches, you know, and and gets down to Laodicea, and he goes, you know, you're neither hot nor cold, you're lukewarm, and I just, I just want to spit you out of my mouth. And they're, and they're going, wait a minute, we're rich, we don't need anything. He says, no, you don't need anything. No, you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. You, you, you don't get it. I'm going to just, so five of the seven churches, five of the seven churches, he said, repent, or I'm going I'm I'm to take you out. These are the things I don't like about what's going on, church. Let's straighten this stuff out because you're letting the world tell you what to do or you're letting pleasure and all this kind of stuff and you're just kind of going along to get along. He's going, you better repent. And it's in, in this, it's going, I don't think you understand who you're dealing with. You've kind of you've lost perspective on this holy God words. A hundred million angels are singing holy, holy, holy. And, 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 and it's in this that, that he's saying, I want you to get serious about me. Yes, celebrate. Yes, but I want you to be serious about me. I, I, want you, I want you to live. I want you to realize that in this world you're going to have trouble, but I want you to just press on and get through this because at the end there's this crown of life that I'm going to be given to you. So it is a sobering and serious thing, you know, as we're thinking about it. It's not some lighthearted kind of thing to where we kind of, you know, just, you know, come in and we just sit around and we listen a little bit of Jesus stuff and we mouth some words. That last song was kind of hard to sing to. I'm, I do admit that, but it's got a great message. You know, and, you know, and no, this is serious stuff. And then begin to look back and, 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 you know, come to think of it that almost all the churches that we see in the Bible drift. They just, all the, almost all the churches, they just, they just get screwed up, get messed up. You know, and in, 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 to the church at Galatia, Paul says, what in the world? Who in the world bewitched you? Uh, how is it that you are now just deserting me, deserting the whole gospel? What is going on? And it's just this like, I've got this ear, you know, like, well, I think this and I think that, and, you know, and all this stuff. He goes, you, you've completely lost it. And, and you know, in, in 1 Corinthians, he's going, man, 
what's wrong with you guys? What is going? I hear there's divisions. I mean, you're going, I follow Paul, I follow Paulus. I'm, you know, and, and these guys, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are, are they the ones that died for you, that were crucified for you? How prone we are to, to have our little, you know, special voices and people that, well, okay, I'm, gonna, you know, I'm just following this person, whatever they say. He's going, and, 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 and there's these divisions among you? I hear that you're suing one another. You're suing one another? You, 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 there's, you, you are embracing and proud of sexual immorality that's going on here? What is, what is going on? And he says, and I hear that you're getting drunk at the Lord's Supper. Drunk, Lord's Supper. What? And they, they're going, well, it, it, this is okay. This is, this is good. The church, at, you know, in, in Ephesus, you know, hey, you're busy. I'm busy, busy. You're doing all kind of stuff, but you don't have the love. You, 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 my love's not in your heart. You know, as I'm thinking about that, then it goes on. To, what about us? What about the church in America? You know, do we think that we're immune? Do we think we're the good guy? We got it figured out. Them, them hillbillies back there, they don't know, but we got it. We got it down. I wonder how many of these churches, how many of these churches thought that they were weird, thought that they were missing it. See, we have a way to kind of convince ourselves, you know, that, you know, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. God hadn't st struck us down. But when it comes to, to really what, what is the church? It's easy for us to just, you know, again, because of our backgrounds, because of our experiences, uh, but, uh, and things, you know, th that's our understanding of church. Um. Trying to, uh, I love listening to him. Uh, Cho, Chow, who? Francis, Francis, Chan, Francis Chan, senior moment. Uh, Francis Chan, he, he was telling the story when he went to he went to uh, China, and he and his daughter were, were meeting with you know some of the Christians, a lot of young people, you know, college age. They were meeting with them, and they were sharing about their. They were just patching their love for Jesus, and and and. But they were talking about the persecution and just persecution after persecution, all all of this resistance and just. But their love for one another and love for the Lord was just so contagious. And 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 and, uh, and Chan said, "You're kidding me, right?" They go, "No, no, why? This is this is the church. This is the church." He goes. No, what, what, why? What do you mean, kid? What, what do you mean? He goes, well, that's not the church in America. See, in America, we have buildings, and we call that church. And we go and we sit for an hour, an hour and a half. We listen to somebody teach or preach, and, and we have some good music and stuff, and, 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 and we, have, we have some programs and things of that nature. Uh, and, and, you know, then we go home. And he says when he, he, they, were, they were leaving, his, his daughter said, man, did you see them? I mean, they, they were just laughing. They were going, no way, no way. Because see what was going on in their mind. They look at the Bible and, and, and they're going, how did you get there? Well, we've talked a whole lot about this, that so much of church, and, and hey, I've been a part of this, it's been a consumeristic thing. 
it's a consumeristic approach and all, all of that. And, and, and we say, well, if this isn't working, then let's, let's adjust this, you know, like prayer. I mean, in China, they say, we're going to pray, they flood in. In America, we say, we're going to pray. Okay, well, so what we're going to do is we're going to change the time. We're going to add a band. We're going to get a speaker. We're going to do something. You know, we go. But it might be that what God's saying is, I need to change. It's not change that. Change the heart. You know, in the Old Testament, I don't, they probably, you know, when they did the sacrifice, I don't think people were standing around going, hmm. I didn't like the way they sacrificed that animal today. I like the butcher from last week. Because Tim was saying, well, you know, if you don't like what's going on this one, then you go to the next one, then you go to the next one, you go to the next one. Oh, they've got better this, they got better this, and got better that. But the question is, who's become weird? None of these churches thought, probably thought that they were, you know, missing it. But Jesus comes in and he goes, Change, repent, change your mind about this. But truly, this consumeristic mentality is so intoxicating. I mean, and, and it carries over to every aspect of our lives. You know, like, uh, Jesus came not just to save us from our sin, but ourself. But unfortunately, you know, we are so self-centered. Here in, in Ephesians, he says, I want you to find out. I want you to dig deep. Find out what pleases the Lord. But, but I, I mean, tell you, I mean, why do I buy the car that I buy? Because I want it. And Lord, I hope you're, I hope you're okay with him. You know, why do I buy the house that I buy? Because it pleases me because I want it. You know, why do I, why do I go on the vacation? Because I want it. And, and it's just as if, you know, God, we're just going to, we just hope you can tolerate this. But Paul says, find out what pleases the Lord. So see, it flips it and saying that, I, and, and this is what God is stirring up to where our hearts are going, Lord, what pleases you? Lord, really, what pleases you? And, 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 we, and we look in the, in the word and we see the, what he is and what he says over and over, he said, I want you to love God with all your heart. I want, I want him to be your passion. And, and I want you to love one another as I have loved you. Good verse. I, I, want, you to, I want you to love one another as I have loved you. I want you to be that committed to one another. This morning, we're, we're, that's, that's what we're celebrating in the Lord's Supper. You know, Jesus says, I've loved you this much that I would lay down my life. I've given my life. I, my body, you know, was strapped to, to a cross and my blood was shed for you. And so, and so in the Bible, what it's saying is, Mike, I want you to love Doug that much. I'm going, that much? I mean... Isn't it good enough that we, you know, have some difference? We get along, and, you know, and, and we we're not we don't we're not you know the church isn't splitting. No, he said, no, I want you to I want you to be this committed, and that's when we go, whew, 
Okay, Lord, I'm, I'm going to need your Holy Spirit. That's the reason Paul here comes in here and he says, be filled with the Spirit. Because, see, you and I can't do this. But that's exactly what turned the world upside down is this crazy love, this radical love that the followers of Jesus had for God. They were in the world, but they were not of the world. And this radical love that they had for one another. So here's been this process like God's kind of been exposing. He's going, see, whenever you're weird and you're off base, you just don't know it because that's all you've ever known. But every time, every time he says, he who has ears, let him hear. What God has really challenged us to do, and, and we've been taking some of these steps, is number one is, is, is really be serious about who we're dealing with. A God that absolutely loves us, he has demonstrated that love for us. But be serious, understand, he is the God of glory, the creator of all, king of kings. Yes, he is our friend, but we should live in awe of him. And in doing so, we, you know, it's like be serious about that, but simplify. You know, as we looked a few weeks ago at the early church, it says here's what, here's what was going on that turned the world upside down. They were devoted. They were devoted to the, te to the apostles' teaching. They were devoted to prayer. They were devoted to the Lord's Supper, seeing Jesus as central. They gathered around that, not because... Uh, uh, Jerusalem Church had the best music program, children's program. Oh, no, no, they gathered around. Jesus was what brought them here. And they were devoted to fellowship to one another, to, to loving one another as Christ loved. And so we've committed to simplify. You know, and, and this, this Christmas at the Dees family is going to be a little different. Um, so Felicia knows this, but... Six kids, there's always, historically, there's going to be a lot of gifts because, you know, take six, multiply it, time, whatever. And so it's just like, there's, it takes us like a full day to unwrap all the pack packages. And quite honestly, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, just, you know, uh, and it's, it's probably me, but I'm just like, uh, Golly, you know, and you know we couldn't. You know, it's hard to even read the Jesus story. You know, the, the the birth of Jesus. You know, when they were young, because when you've got a mountain right there that just showed up the night before, of so it's kind of like, yeah, we're just kind of hydroplaning over this. But this year, no presents for the kids. Here's what we're going to do, though. We're going to. We think, Lord willing, we're going to go, we're going to go all get in one house out in Colorado somewhere, you know, and just be together and ski and blah, 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 and blah, blah, and all that. And, and what's going to happen there is we're, we're, there's going to be memories that last a lifetime. And to me, that is simplifying. It's still not cheap, but it's simplifying. And, and, and really, if, if we are, here's the deal. 
all the things that we thought would make life better, uh, that the world says, really are hurting us. Uh, there, so I've got some good podcasts right now that's just, if, you, if, you, if you're interested in knowing how this, this screen right here that we look at every day, and, and we're, I mean, we're, uh, uh, it, it, there's a, I've got a great podcast I can send to you that's talking about, you know, how dangerous that is, but how we can break, it, break away from that. It is robbed, it's robbed our younger generation of, of relationship, of even communication and so much stuff. Simplify. Good can often be a killer too. You know, everything that God created was good, but we turned it around. We turned so much of it around. The things that we thought would make life better hurting, the things that we add to the church to make it more exciting or attractive, it's actually killing it. That's exactly what Jesus said. He said, you look alive. You look alive. You have a reputation out in the community that you are the place to be, but you're dead. Repent. Change your mind. Come, humble yourself before me. The problem is, is that because we're so used to it, we don't think it's weird. But if we take it and look at let God's word really be the plumb line, then all of a sudden we say, well, yeah, there's some adjustments that we need to make. Jesus, you've got a point right there. So where we've been is that through this process of letting him prune and purge us and help us to really see him and not get all hyped up about you know, because we do something better than the other churches. We're, you know, we're more attractive now. We're doing this. But, but he's saying, wait a minute. I'm the one that draws people to myself. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, if they bring those that they want, we'll have more than enough. If they bring their friends, those that Jesus died for. So, you know, again, it's, we, can take it, we can take anything too far. But what God's been calling us to do is just, just come back and simplify and come before Him and just have, have it on our lips every day. Lord, Lord what pleases you? Sitting down with a group of people and, and, and reading your word and, and sharing your word and dissecting your word, does that please you? Lord, what pleases you in, in the way that I use my time? How should we respond? I think with gratitude. I mean, I think, as he said, make the most of every opportunity. There is a movement right now where God is doing something new in the church. We have an opportunity to join him. Or we can just say, no, I'm pretty comfortable where I am. But it's going, it's going, to, it's going to require that we continue to be committed to seeking him first, to, to asking that, saying, Lord, what pleases you, and understanding what the Lord's will is. But in that, there's going to be redemption of lives, and people are going to be saved, and people are going to be seeing Jesus, and our lives are going to be transformed and changed because we're not just talking the talk, but we're walking it and living it each and every day. How shall we respond to this? Keep coming. You know, continue to commit to this journey. Uh, and some of you is going to be, uh, again, 
to do anything that God requires of us, it requires the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. If we can, you know, if we don't need him for it, then it's, it's, it's really not of him. Um, <clears throat> but keep coming on this journey. For some and some people on Facebook, others that hear this, it's like, no, 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 not just a lick and a promise, but I'm talking about really dive in. Re- really dive in to, to being what community really is. Not just attending, not, not comparing, but experiencing what God wants us to experience of him. Because here's what he says, he who has ears, let him hear. And God in his grace has given us ears to hear. He has given us eyes to see the light that some of the stuff that we, a lot of stuff we've been doing is kind of weird. It's like, you know, we're doing this so we can try to manufacture maybe some people to come and be a part of a crowd, but, but no, no, no. He said, no, no, I want, you to, I want you to be my disciple, and I want you to make disciples. That's what pleases me. Just follow me, and then make disciples. And allow him to make the radical changes that he wants to make in our church. And our comparison is not the church next door, the church so anywhere else. But our, our comparison as far as what it really means to be his body, the church, is right here. Right here. Allow him to flush out all the mechanisms of the world and all the tools that the world uses and all that kind of stuff. And I, but he, listen, I'm not saying just throw the baby out with the bathwater. But, but he says, be wise as serpents, but innocent as doves. That requires him. I'm excited about the opportunities in the future. I'm excited about what I see God doing in some of the lives here and some of the people that he is bringing alongside of us to, to, to not condemn, not to condemn, but to say, hey, that's weird. You need to change your mind on that. You've been idolizing this right here. You've been worshiping worship, or you've been worshiping this about, you know, how we can just worship me. Love one another. And I will be glorified. Let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you so much that you've invited us to, number one, to to be your <laughs> to be your children and, and and as Evan mentioned earlier to be your friend because you you came to save us thank you for the opportunity that we have uh, today just to again to sit at your feet and allow you through your word to kind of be the check and balance as far as what our mindset our thoughts and what is important to us. Lord, forgive us for living so much of our lives not really, not really hungry or caring about what pleases you. Lord, help each of us, help each of us become more aware of the sacrificial, unconditional love that you have for us. And the fact that it is in you that, that we truly have life. 
the stuff, Lord, that we, are, we have devoted ourselves to and committed ourselves to, so much that the world offers, it looks alive. But, but as you said, no, you look alive, but you're really dead. Lord, there, there's no life in that. You are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. And help us today just to continue to, to strip away anything that you reveal to us that is hindering us from truly knowing you and hindering us from being the light that exposes how, how pitiful this stuff in darkness really is so that people can see you and come and just go, thank you, Jesus, for your blood. That washes me white as snow. Thank you that you gave your body on the cross so that I wouldn't have to. Thank you that you've invited me into abundant life. And that's truly what I desire. And Father, we pray that you would, through your Holy Spirit, help us to Honestly and seriously, not, not mishandle this time that we have now, not waste it, but to, to allow you to lead us in this moment of reflection before we, before we as a follower of yours come to the table, to your table, to receive this bread, which is a reminder of your body. That was given for us. And as we come to re receive this cup. That is now the new covenant. Your, that your blood that washes us white as snow. Lord you warn us in scripture not to, <laughs> to do this lightly. You, you, you tell us examine ourselves. Because if we're not doing that. That's the reason, that's the reason there's so many hurts, hang ups and problems in our lives. Because we're just flippantly coming in there and just doing an activity. Jesus, you are here. You are the head. Show us how to, how to, uh, what we need to do to come into to your, and sit at your table this morning. And we pray that through that, that you would be glorified and you would be pleased with how we handle this moment with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.